Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Amen. You know, as we were worshipping there, I really get a, a sense, I know we're mixing some metaphors here, but there's a, a river that's described in both Ezekiel and in Revelation, and it's the river that flows from the throne of God. I don't know if you know that passage, um, Ezekiel 47 and Revelation 22, but there's this picture of this river, and in, in Ezekiel, he's taking some measurements. And uh, he measures a, th- a thousand cubits, which is, I've no idea what a cubit is. Sounds square, doesn't it? And then the water's just to the ankles. And then he measures again, and the water's up to the knees. And he measures again, and it's up to his waist. And he measures again, and it's a torrent river that it's impossible to cross. And then the vision comes again of the the meaning of this river flowing from the throne of God is bringing life. And this river is teeming with life. And it says that uh, um, there's trees by the, the river and these trees are bearing fruit and the fruit is feeding, feeding and the leaves are the healing. And you pick this up in Revelation. This is the tree of life coming from the, the throne and and I just I just thought as we were worshiping there how, you know maybe the Lord is speaking to us to go a bit deeper. And I I don't know about you, but I think sometimes you know I'm I'm in the, I'm in the shallows, dabbling dabbling my feet in, and I know God's got more for me. Do you ever do you ever get the feeling that God's got more? And 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 I think we want to hunger for that tree of life. We want to hunger for that tree of life that, you know, maybe that fruit is something that we're missing in our lives. And, and I don't know, maybe you're visiting today and you think, you know, I've always been missing something in my life. Maybe we've always felt that, that hunger for something. And I think the Lord's saying to us this morning to go that little bit deeper. Go that little bit deeper. And find that tree of life. Find that healing that you've really been looking for. Let's just pray. Lord, you know where we're at. You know if it's just our ankles that, you know, maybe we're just checking this out, see what this Christianity and see what this lighthouse is about. And but I know, Lord, you have more for me. Take us, Lord, deeper into your word, into your presence. Take us to that place where we can find your healing where we can be fed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Maybe that's a word for somebody this morning that you can go, yes, that's for me, and take it. You know, when the, when the Lord speaks, you know, we also have to listen. And it's interesting that word Hebrew, listen, is actually listen and obey. Uh, it's a, it's one, one concept, listen and obey. Because if you're not doing what God's called you to do, then you're not listening. So listen and obey, go together. That one's for free. My, my sermon this morning, I'm continuing about the signs that Jesus uh, performs. And John, in his gospel, particularly notes these things as signs. And he says in John 20, verse 30, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these that I have written... And they are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus is the Messiah or Christ, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. John is trying to tell his story differently to the other Gospels. And in our study of Matthew, we're going through in our Lent, you've got those daily readings. And what we're encouraging people to do is have a fresh look at some of the gospel stories. Have a fresh look at Jesus and what he's doing and why he's doing it. And then we can ask the question, you know, do we we believe any of this? You know, these things sound impossible. They sound miraculous. And a lot of them are called miracles. John chooses to call them signs. And the sign I want to look at this morning is when Jesus fed 5,000 people. And we've got to ask the question, why is Jesus doing this? What is this about? Is this come some kind of uh, hark back to when Moses fed them in the wilderness, um, when the divine provision of God was there? You know, the Passover took them out of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness and they would always moan and complain. It seems to be something that they did a lot. Um, but God fed them and God looked after them miraculously. But why is Jesus performing these signs, these miracles, and what does this tell us about the nature of God? It's interesting, John calls them signs because we know what a sign is. A sign is pointing towards something. You know, sometimes when you're lost and you're going through the countryside and you come to a crossroad, the first thing you're doing is you're looking for a sign. Which way do I go? What do I need to know? What And where do I need to point the car or the motorcycle in the right direction? And it's pointing, these signs are pointing towards Jesus Christ being the Messiah, the Son of God. And they're pointing towards us so that we might have faith in his name. Without faith in Jesus the Messiah, without the faith that he died for our sins uh, on the cross, without the knowledge that Christ came for us while we were yet sinners, while we were lost, Christ came and found us and put us on the right track, set us in the right direction. And John believes that these signs, these miracles, um, they're, they're more than just healings and miracles that are occurring, but it is bringing us into the pathway of life. And he writes his book because he wants us to believe that. And the requisite to us um, Becoming the people whose God's called us to be is that first we do repent and we believe. I think that is one action, repent and believe. The second 
you know, we publicly declare our faith. Jesus says, if you acknowledge me um, before human beings, I'll acknowledge you before my Father. And we do that maybe through baptism, and we have baptism service this afternoon. Um, then we become part of the body of Christ, and we're joined with um, one another as Christ is the head. And then we are called to be signs that point towards Jesus. First of all, Jesus calls his disciples and says, come follow me, and then he empowers them and says, go and tell others and do these signs, do these miracles, point towards me, tell them that the kingdom of God is at hand, call them to repent and believe, and then heal the sick, raise the dead. You know, do the signs and the wonders that following the preaching of the word. And these signs will accompany those who believe. You know the scripture. So it's obvious to say a sign is something that gives direction, and I think we all need some direction in life. But we can be the ones that give others direction. And we're pointing, we become signposts ourselves that point others to Christ. What kind of signpost is our life? How are we directing others? You know, someone said the reason that many Christians don't share their faith is because in themselves they feel inadequate. They're very aware of their own weaknesses and their own shortcomings, and they think they're going to be hypocrites if they begin to share their faith. But actually the truth is they're not. These signs are not pointing towards us. We're not asking people to follow us. We're asking them to follow Jesus. So we don't need to wait till our lives are perfect and say, look at me, look at me. No, we're saying, look at him, look at him. And I'm on that journey too. I'm following Jesus as best as I can, and I'm walking in that direction, and I'm listening to his Holy Spirit come with me on this journey, and we'll do this together, and together we'll find that everlasting life through our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. I don't know how I got into that, but anyway. Feeding the 5,000, that's where we are. So my three points this morning is that little goes a long way when God's in it. You know, little becomes much when God is in it. Second thing I want to note is how Christ used his disciples to feed the people. Jesus fed the people not um, outside of his followers. And I think that's interesting how God operates and how Jesus operates. He wants to operate through us, his followers. And then the assurance is that God is in the business of meeting their needs. And as you read this story, if you've got your Bible, you can turn to this in John chapter 6. I'll just read the story. It's interesting. I was reading this story and then, you know how you, you look for parallels in Scripture? Do you ever do that? Do you ever wonder what's going through Jesus' mind as, he, as he's gathering these people together and they're in a nice grassy place and he gets them to sit down and he begins to feed them and minister to them and heal them? And, you know, and I'm wondering in the back of my mind, is Jesus thinking about Psalm 23 when he's you know, shepherding these people and feeding them? Maybe. So Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because of the signs that he was doing for the sick. 
He went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. The Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. And when he looked, he saw a large crowd coming towards him. Jesus said to Philip, where are we going to get enough bread to feed all these people? Where can we buy so much? But Jesus was saying this to test him, for he knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, listen, six months' wages would not be enough bread, would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. Interesting how he's thinking little, isn't it? One of his disciples, this was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, the boy here has five loaves and two fish, but what what are they among all these people? Jesus said, make the people sit down. And there's a great deal of grass in that place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Jesus took the loaves and he'd given thanks. He distributed to them who were seated, also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. And when the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who's come into the world. But when Jesus realized they're about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew himself to the mountain. You know it very well, don't you? But the Lord is my shepherd. Do you ever learn that by memory? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, the parallel here is that these people, they needed something, and it wasn't just the bread that they needed. They needed, and if you read the rest of the chapter, Jesus talks about being the bread of life. And this story of feeding the 5,000 is actually in all four Gospels. I think there's a reason why this is important. I think the resurrection is in all four Gospels and feeding the 5,000. And I'm not sure any other story appears in all, in all four, not exactly the same. But given that it appears, I, I believe it's quite significant. And Jesus is realizing that there's a, there's a real need here. And I think that takes us to the point of faith that God does know our need. So what can we learn? What's our points to ponder? I think, as I said, a little goes a long way with Jesus, or little is much when God is in it. And I think God uses ordinary things, like Lizzie was speaking about last week, the experience of the burning bush. And how little things make us turn aside. A bush is just a bush, but when God's in it, there's a fire in it. 
And maybe if there's little things in our lives that, you know, we think maybe are small or insignificant, maybe it's, it's a, a kind word, maybe it's a smile, maybe it's, you know, just doing something for somebody, you think it's nothing. But actually to them it might be the only kind word or encouraging word that they've had. So God uses the little things. And whether it's our time, our money, our talents, you know, we might feel like we lack what we need, but God's saying, just give me what you do have. It's like Elijah and, and the widow, and he says, well, what, what do you have? And she goes, I've just got a little oil. But that little oil was enough in the hands of the Lord. In Luke 17, the apostles say to the Lord, increase our faith, we're struggling here. And Jesus says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea and it would obey you. You know, it's not the size of our faith, it's where is our faith? Is our faith in the almighty God? Even if we've got a little, like the boy. I don't know whether he was a packed lunch. It seems a lot for a packed lunch for a little boy. Five loaves of bread. Maybe he'd been shopping. Maybe he'd sent the kid out for a little lunch shopping and he's supposed to feed the whole family. But, you know, put it in the hands of Jesus. The second point is how Jesus uses his disciples. In one account, Jesus says, you feed them. In this account, he says to Andrew, how much cash have you got on you? And Philip's like, yeah, none. Jesus knew what he was going to do, and Jesus knew that he was going to use his disciples to, to feed these people. And I think God still uses people today. God, in Christ, sorry, Christ chose his disciples to follow him and begin to do what he does and begin to preach what he preaches. And he says, I'm sending you out. Uh, sheep among wolves, you know, don't take an extra jacket, don't take an extra bag, you know, I'm going to send you out and you, you're just going to go with the little you have and preach the good news, heal the sick. And he chose to empower them with the same authority that he had. Just like Paul when he writes to the church in Corinth, you know, that God uses what we would call unwise um, by human standards, to confound the wisdom of the world. He says, what is foolish in the world is a shame to the wise. God chose, what is, God chose what was weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose the low and the despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing the things that they are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. That's 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29. You know, God wants to use us wherever we're at. You know, you think, well, maybe I'm in the wrong place because God's not using me, or maybe that I don't have my eyes open to see the need that is out there and what God is saying to me about meeting that need. And finally, God does want to meet our needs. We should remember that for, for, for Jesus, no problem is too small. Because that's the other problem. In, in our pride, we say, you know, God's not interested in my little problem. Or 
the other way around, you know, my problem's so big that, you know, God could never do that. And I think stories like this and things like that reminds us that no problem is too big. No problem is too small. You know, Pete, um, Andrew was saying, uh, we only have this. What is that? this compared to the problem and situation that we're feeding? But God multiplies, doesn't he? And he uses us. God wants to use us. I was in Sainsbury's yesterday, and uh, uh, we got the youth lunch today, and I needed to get some pizzas for the, for the youth for their lunch. And, um, and I'm at the back of the store. You know, the Sainsbury's have got lovely fresh pizzas. And I'm thinking, they don't have very many. And if I take as many as I need, I'm going to leave with nothing. So I'm chatting to the lady. He didn't want to be a, like, you know, give me 10 pizzas and um, take them all so no one has anything left. And, you know, after a long conversation, she's like, just, just, just take them. I'll make some more. I'll make it work. I'll make it happen. And I'm queuing up at the till, and I was going to go to that till, and I thought, no, um, although the queue looks short, I'll go to that one. And um, I'm queuing up, and the lady in front of me said, oh, having a pizza party. I said, no, 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 just hungry. These are <laughs> massive pizzas like this. And then she, so she keeps asking me, you know, what are you doing? What's happening? I said, oh, I'm from the lighthouse. We're doing a thing for the youth and we're doing a lunch. And oh, she goes, I know the lighthouse. You guys do amazing things. I'm like, okay. Yeah, so she says, yeah, I, was, I came by at Christmas. I met Pastor Tom. And um, I'm just blown away by what you do in the community. I was like, wow. You know, because I, I don't know about you, but I had, a, I had a challenging week in various different ways. I got a lovely text from Pastor Quay you know, most timely text, you know, saying he was praying for me and he was in, it was encouraging and he said, oh, God will give you strength and courage. Wasn't it strength and courage? Real word from the Lord there. Um, so I was encouraged by that. And I'm encouraged by this lady, you know, because we think, you know, it's been, it's been a busy week. Um, we've, we've had the night shelter open. We've had lots of people coming and going. Um, we've had the cold weather and we're, we're just doing our best. And we you know, you don't always know if you're doing your best, do you? And then someone comes along and says, listen, I know, I know the lighthouse. I know, you know, I know who you are. I know what you do. And she said, let me pay for those pizzas. I thought, God bless her. And I'm like, I'm like, are you sure this is like 60 quid? Yeah, 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 it's like fine. So she pays for the pizza. And then we're standing there awkwardly while the scanning thing doesn't work. And I'm just like, this is a lot of money, and it's ticking up, isn't it? And, and then she just goes, God bless you, and walks off, and, and the cashier says, do you know that lady? And I'm like, no, <laughs> never seen her before, never seen her before, but, you know, God just does it. God just does it. And, you know, we would have paid the 60 pounds, but that, that kindness, you get blown away by that. Matthew 6, Jesus teaches his disciples do not worry about your life, what you will eat, how much pizza you need, or what will you drink. Don't worry about your body and what you will wear. Is life not more than food? Is the body not more clothing? Look at the birds. They don't sow. They don't gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father knows what they need. I'm encouraged by that, aren't you? You know, the heavenly Father knew that I needed a word of encouragement this week. And he used Cray to send that message through because Cray was maybe listening to the Holy Spirit. Not maybe. Cray was listening to the Holy Spirit. 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Be it, I tell you, Solomon in all his glory was not as clothed as one of these. So if God clothes the grass of the field and that's alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? You have little faith. Do not worry, saying, what will you eat, what will you drink, what will you wear? For it's the Gentiles that strive for these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. You know, God wants to show us signs that point us towards his love. And we might only have a little, but God wants to use that little that we have to begin to bless and minister to others. It's when we mix our faith with our actions that we see the results. And God in his compassion has made known to us his son, Jesus Christ. And he's done this that we might believe and that we might find life. And through his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his giving of the Holy Spirit, God reveals his character and nature through Jesus Christ. And he says, this is eternal life. This is John 17. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. You know, today we can read these stories and begin to have faith in God and begin to lift up our faith, go deeper in our faith and begin to trust God for maybe what we think is impossible. But this faith and belief leads us to a place where we know God is at work in us. And these signs, these public demonstrations really speak to us. And I believe this week God will show you something that you will know that God loves you. You will know that God is providing for you. And I pray our eyes are open this morning. I want to close with a bit of prayer. And wherever we're at, you know, I spoke at the beginning with uh, our ankle deep. Maybe we're knee deep. And this water that flows from the very throne of God contains all we need. It was teeming, it says, with living uh, with, with life. It was teeming with life and it was flowing from the throne. And maybe, maybe God wants you to go that few steps further this morning into a greater level of faith with him. You know, without faith that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, without the faith that Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross, without the knowledge that without Christ we are lost in darkness, without this hope that we can find life in his name, where would we be? Lord, take us deeper this morning. Help us to be ready for your return. We look at the signs of the times and the age around us. We look at the darkness that would engulf this world if it wasn't for your light. And Lord, we are that light, like a city 
on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are that light into this world. And Lord, we're ready for your return. Lord, we believe in you. Lord, we trust in you. Lord, we give our life to you. Lord, we know it might only be a little that we have, but with you, Lord, it's more than enough. Look what you can do with our little. And I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that we will be instruments of your glory, instruments of your love, instruments of you, like signs pointing towards you. That you will use us like you use those disciples. And many, many will be fed in your name. Amen. Amen.